Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of Carriage Rest Tales. As we navigate through our podcasting adventure, you're going to see some changes made at our table as we kind of learn what works for us. One of the big changes you'll notice in Season 2 is that we're retiring the dueling Dungeon Master playstyle. As such, we're going to be returning to a more traditional style of Dungeons & Dragons with a single Dungeon Master and a more player-focused storyline. The other big change you're going to see going to Season 2 is that we're going to try to reduce the length of our episodes. But in return, we're going to be trying to release episodes weekly. We believe this should result in a better listening experience with less of a break between episodes. We hope that you're enjoying traveling along in this podcasting adventure with us. We look forward to seeing you in season two. And without further ado, let's begin. Hi, welcome to me in. It looks like the bard is about to begin. I'll pour you an owl over the stories, fables, and tales about the swords, sickles, and spells in the depths of the swells. So take a listen to the tales that we spin here at the Carriage Rest Inn. On season one of Carriage Rest Tales, three adventurers from vastly different backgrounds become unlikely friends as they join to the Order of Light, protecting the citizens of Ivana from the Denoa presence from the shadow plane. Through the guidance of their commanding officer, our adventurers learn to control the light within them, using their gifts to seal the rifts. However, things are not quite right in the order. Some truths are not being told. Nomis, the tabaxi bard, experiences this firsthand in his interactions with the hooded figures, the self-proclaimed truth seers. Woods, the elven ranger, was gifted a confusing tapestry, learning that her goddess is considered one of the dark gods. And Vaso, the half-orc barbarian, well, he seemed to be taking everything in stride until he was confronted with a hard truth. There are people living within Dorma that want to escape. With the new information gained from interacting with that shadowy cave dweller, our story takes a turn. Nomis receives a cryptic message in the form of a tapestry, his wooden dagger hovering over a golden shard, only to later bear witness to his friend's murder. Woods, trying to be of assistance to the Order, exposed her connection to Dorma only for this later to be used against her in Nomis's alleged murder. And Vaso, after finally finding purpose and direction in his life, was then later forced to betray that purpose and become a fugitive of the Order of Light. Our story renews with Woods and Vaso aboard the merchant ship, watching their lives, their past, and their Nomis fade into the distance. What does the next chapter of our story hold for these adventurers? Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Carriage Rest Tales. I'm your host and Dungeon Master Mike, and to my left we have... Uh, ahoy, mateys. Uh, <laughs> this is Ryan. I will be playing Kincaid, the Triton Sorcerer. Ooh. Oh, he's as fancy as he sounds. He sounds so fancy. Hey everybody, this is Nick, and I will continue to be playing Vaso, the half-orc barbarian. Hey guys, it's Sam, and I'll be playing Woods, the elven ranger. So last we left off the closing scene, you guys were watching Black Bay Harbor kind of fade off into the distance, and Kincaid, Woods, Vaso, and Bonnie were kind of looking out over the sea as it disappeared. From behind you, Klein comes up, um... Kincaid, the, the captain said to bring our, our new crew or our new compatriots to his quarters. He wants to address them. Okay. Um, oh. Thanks for letting me know. I'll, I'll go round them up. And I guess I would approach you, Woods. Yeah. Uh, you're Woods, right? Uh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. But I don't, I don't think I've thanked you. Like, you guys saved me. Oh, we were just following orders um, 
from Captain Brandon. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, I don't know who this is. Like, who is Captain Brandon? Like, wh- why? I'm sure Captain Brandon will reveal more to you, but apparently, you saved his daughter. He saved his daughter. Toria. Yes. I don't. I don't. It was okay. During uh, what you all call the Festival of Light, you torchies are <gasps> oh, a weird bunch. But the little girl. Yes, that's <sighs> Toria, and you. I yeah. You saved I, her. So I guess I did save her. I just. So Captain Brandon dispatched me and a couple others to get you out of the prison. That I mean, that's and Woods is definitely like kind of freaking out because who would have thought <laughs> that that you know she just acted instinctively stu- uh, swooping up that little girl. So um, she can't believe that that has led to the reason that she's alive. And you have my respect too, because Tori is a beacon of light on the ship. I don't. I don't even think I. I know what she looks like. I, I don't even think I. I can remember what she looks like. I'm sure you'll meet her soon. I, w- I would like that. And then uh, I don't know your compatriots here, but. Oh, this is, um, this is Vaso. Yeah. Um, this is Vaso. Yeah. Vaso. He's just staring off like at the horizon. Like he's not even paying attention to the conversation. And I'm, gonna, I'm like I'm slapping gonna, him yeah, in the I'm back. Snapping, <laughs> like, like, I'm like trying to touch him. Like, Hey, uh, Vaso, hey, man, Vaso. Is he oh. normally this distant? Oh, is, no, we, do you talk? I, cause I know sorry. big people that don't talk to. Sorry, I just distracted. It's okay. We've nice, had a, n- nice to meet you. We've had a really, um, and she just looks at Vaso. We've had a really in- intense last couple of days. Yeah, you torchies are uh, always yeah, up to something. She's gonna like have this like look on her face and kind of look at Vaso like I don't. What do you What do you mean torchies? You all, you all are this order of light, waving your light everywhere, right? Y'all are weird. I okay. It's been my experience. Y'all are weird, so I call you all torchies. That's just my nickname. For you I don't. All. And she's gonna look at Vasa. I, I don't. Uh, okay, whatever. I don't okay. think I'm a part of the Order of the Light anymore. All right, and and, just and, an outcast. <laughs> I, I Vasa, think I'm a felon. How did Vasa react? I would when, say you're probably a felon. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Vasa just kind of he like he, he heard um, would say like she's not part of the order anymore, but like he he's sort of torn because like he like he still believes in the order. Yeah, and he's, he felt really home at the order too, especially yeah. after the. F- Family yeah. connections. Yeah, so like he, he, like to him, the order's still home, but yeah. like he knows he has to, he has to leave and go find Nomis. Yeah, Woods is completely opposite. She doesn't believe in anything the order has said or doing. Like she, and she called it back when they were at Cave Carmines. Like she d- didn't think she could trust them, and now she believes it wholeheartedly. And who's the f- person attached to you? Oh, uh, this is Bonnie. Um, she, 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 she was with us at the Order of Light, and you'll see that Bonnie is cordial, and she's yes, hi, um, but she's really quiet, and you see that she's holding that s- stone of sending that she had given the other half to to her compatriot when you guys were leaving, and she's kind of reminiscing about that, and you kind of put together that she also left someone behind, her whole team actually, so she's a little bit. Quiet, just like Vaso is. Well, I hate to break up. Uh, seems like y'all have some stuff to work out, but we shouldn't keep the captain waiting. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I need to thank him, and yeah, let, let's go. You guys make your way across the deck to the captain's quarters, and you knock on the door, and he says, enter. And standing in front of you is a well-dressed human man that's got his captain's hat on. Kincaid, you would know that this is Captain Brandon. Oh, yes. Welcome to my ship. Please, please come in. Uh, Melwood. Correct. It's Melwood Del Rey, I believe. Yeah. Yes. That's that's 
That's I, me. I just want to say thank you again for um, saving my daughter here. And he puts his hand down and you can see that his daughter is kind of hiding behind his leg a little bit. But you definitely recognize it as the same girl that you had saved in that interaction where Wallace got killed and almost fled. Without you, I, I fear that she would have been uh, captured or, or worse killed. And I'm just so thankful. And then he's going to like pause because he's going to see that you have a burn mark around your neck now. He's going to say, oh, are, are you hurt? Are you, do, you need, do you need any help? Um, <laughs> Woods completely forgot that that's on her neck. And she reaches up instinctively and grabs it and says, um, no, I am. Um, and then everything in that moment comes flooding back to her mind. Like the prison, the courtyard, the God, the deed, all of the things are just running through like a really bad rerun in her head. Take it, you start hyperventilating a little bit. Oh, yeah. There's definitely like, um, uh, no, oh, my, I'm a fugitive. Oh, my, oh, my God, I just broke out of prison. I didn't kill him. I swear to God, I didn't, I didn't. It's, a, it's okay. It's okay. It Just, just breathe, breathe. I, I just, I don't think, and she's just going to like stop and kind of collect herself and look at Captain Brandon. Thank you. I don't, just thank you for saving my life. Yes. I mean, you're on this crew. We try to save those that are in need. I just ask that you keep that spirit alive when you're, when you're with us. Uh, we, I think we owe, I owe a debt to you. And so I don't know how I'm going to repay this. Captain Brandon, you're always finding people that owe debts to you. He gives them a little wink. and I just try to help where I can, and um, we slowly grow our family. Yeah. So I will say that um, we kind of left in a hurry, and I think it's a good idea if we lay low for a little bit, at least for you guys, and he's pointing at the three new newbies. But it just so happens that we're going to be making a pit stop at our little home village anyways, so I think that would be a good spot for us to kind of Lay low, let it kind of mellow a little bit, and then we can get you about your way. Uh, yeah, I'm, and she's going to look at Vaso. I mean, I think we need some time to mm-hmm. figure out what he, we're... Yeah, Vaso's just nodding and said, yeah, and just staring, staring straight ahead. Like, he's like half engaged in the conversation, but yeah, well, he's, is, he's just kind of, he's, he's depressed. And like, Woods literally has her hand on her forehead. Like, can, what can we do here? Like, how, like... On this ship, can we help in any way? I mean, I think you guys have been through a lot. So I totally get you just want to relax. We're going to be at sea for about two days. I'm not expecting anything from you guys. I just don't get in the way of the crew so that we can kind of get to our destination quickly. But if you do want to help out, there's anything you can do, but don't feel obligated to. Uh, We appreciate that. Thank you, Captain. Kate, why don't you take him down to that spare room that we've got. I think there's four or five cots in there, so they, sh- they should be able to uh, manage in there. And go ahead, and, go ahead and roll a perception check, all of you guys. Get my dice out. Even Kincaid? Even Kincaid. Who got special new dice. That's very, <gasps> special uh, new dice? Well, since I had to roll up a new character for the moment, <laughs> I thought <laughs> my new character deserves some new dice, so it's very um, nautical-themed. nautical-themed I looking, love that. So. Uh, 13 for Vaso. Got a new character. I'm just trying to add over <laughs> here. <laughs> 17. Six. Kincaid, you're just used to this crew, so you're not quite paying as much attention. Vaso, you're just really depressed at the moment, so you're just not noticing things. But Woods, you notice that Toria 
has seemed to really take an interest to Bonnie. Okay. Like she seems really curious about this new human that's joined the crew. And then when you start following Kincaid down to your quarters, you realize that the majority of this crew is a mixed match of the races of the world. So you have lizard folk, you have elves, dwarves, you have something <laughs> that is Ryan's character. <laughs> a triton. A triton. Thank you very much. But you don't see that there's that many humans on board. Okay. Other than the captain and his daughter. Okay. Okay. So for gameplay mechanics, we are going to be on this boat for about the next two days while you're sailing across the sea to their homeland. Is there anything you wanted to do on the boat? We can, or else we can just fast forward. I just think probably that Vaso and Woods would have a conversation. Are we, can, you- we can try to have a conversation. Oh, okay, we can try. <laughs> Vaso is going to be half engaged. Like yeah. He's going to be... Uh, he's not going to be very helpful, but yeah, we can, well, we, I can, guess, we can go for it. No, no, that's fine. I guess like... I would have, I guess, and I would have probably tried to engage in a conversation with you and realize that you're just not. I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. So yeah. um, we're going to, re- we'll just revisit it in a few days. Yeah. So then the only other thing Woods is going to be doing is, I guess, playing off of her friend who is a little bit more quiet and like learning some silence and trying to um, just figure out what's going on and what happened and play it all back. And I think so she'll just, she'll kind of work on that. Uh, Kincaid, you going to be doing anything particular? Uh, I think Kincaid's main focus is protecting the ship. So I guess when he's not on patrol, I think he would start conversations with Woods and Vaso just to get to know them a little better. Like where they're from, what brought them to the Order, okay. why they left the Order, why they're thinking about leaving the Order. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to roleplay that out? or That's up to you guys if you want to roleplay it out or you can just let Kincaid know what he's going to learn about your characters. Yeah, so I mean, I think um, she'd probably go through the whole story of uh, probably not maybe everything, everything, but just more so recent events that she was falsely imprisoned for murder of her friend, um, that they can open rifts and close rifts and do a bunch of things. So they have the light with them and they're kind of just in a mess. So do you do you think this no miss friend of yours is still alive somewhere? Yeah, I do. I just. He can't be dead. He sounds like a cool cat. I hope I get to meet him. <laughs> he was the coolest. And like she gets sad. Yeah, all you're going to get out of Vasa is that he's just looking for Nomis. Okay. Real chatty, Quarter Orc. <laughs> yeah, real, real chatty. So over the next two days, there's a couple of things that you notice. One is that Toria and Bonnie start to interact with each other a little bit more. Bonnie also seems a little bit more drawn to Toria for whatever reason. You're not sure. And would something else you seem to notice as you are thinking through everything that has happened, you are getting a little bit more nauseous on the strip than you normally do on a boat. Okay. And you're just feeling a little under the weather all the time, mostly during the day. And then at night you start to feel a little bit better, but that's just what you notice. And then on the third day, and see kind of a cliff face mountain range in the distance, which Kincaid, you know, is the homestead of your little village that Captain Brandon's slowly been building over these last decade or so. As you guys get a little bit closer, you change the sails out to just a large orange flag. And Kincaid, you know that this means it's safe. There's nothing wrong with the ship, and it's, you know, actually them. That's kind of their signal to them. Okay. From what you can see from the water, because it is a cliff face, you start seeing the citizens gathering, moving towards the cliff face. As the boat is pulling into the dock, you're seeing that they have swung out this little, I think like an elevator arm with the 
platform on it that has been lowering down. Okay. Kincaid, you know this is just really standard procedure. This is the dock. This is how you move stuff from left to right. Brandon and Toria are very excited. It's been a while since they've been home. So they say, Kincaid, unload everything. Get it going. We're going to go up and meet the missus. Just get everything ready for us. Okay. I would, of course, Captain, and I'll meet you in the house shortly, and I'll start barking orders to people to, to get start. stuff unloaded. Please. <laughs> to start can, you, unloading. can you please bark some nautical orders right now? I would really <laughs> like to hear what you can come up with. I'll work on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just I don't know. I feel like we're all going to need to like brush up on our like our, boat analogies. Yeah. Our boat terms. So hey, what? you salty dogs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unload that crate there. Yeah, over lollygagging, swab the decks. Lower the mast. Lower the mast. Move the boom. I don't know. That's what I got. Clean the poop deck. Yeah. You know, all that good stuff. Parlay. <laughs> Parlay. <laughs> So you'll see that uh, Brandon and Toria get on the lift first and they go up and you're watching this crew unloading the ship. And that's, you might have realized over the last two days, but now you're definitely noticing they're unloading a lot of stuff like seeds or linens or fruits and vegetables. And you pick up that this is a merchant ship. It's not a pirate ship. It's not a naval battleship. They just move goods around. What is strange to you, though, is as you're doing this, you look up at the cliff face and you just see all of these citizens, maybe about 30 of them, and they are just throwing flowers off the edge, which makes this really nice, like, welcoming party of these delicate flowers that are floating down. And Kincaid, you didn't know that this is just the tradition that happens in this homestead when the boat comes back. Woods really likes this. Yeah, she's in for the It never, It never gets old. Yeah? Every, Every time. Really? Every time? Every time. I can get used to this. They load up the crates and everything on the platform. It's returned, and you guys can jump on with the, with the load, and you ride up to the top. Ken K, just to be clear, has like a very small, like, you know, thing to carry, so it looks like he is helping a little oh, bit. You know, you know, he's helping. Yeah, you're helping. Yeah, I'm helping. Is Kincaid a strong person or a fairly weak person? Uh, I'd say he's average. Average? Okay. Yeah. Just trying to... He's not muscular. He's not, you know... Henry Cavill or anything. Okay. You know. <laughs> Henry, Henry Cavill of the Henry sea. Clever sorcerer. <laughs> a little be, bit tricky. I like that idea, though. <laughs> I guess uh, the witchery casts a lot of spells. I picture him like Jon Snow with blue skin and some fins. Yeah. Well, can we get... Uh, dis- we haven't really gotten a description, I feel like. Can oh. we get one? Um, so his skin, it's, it's like a silvery blue. Okay. Uh, his hair... At first glance, you think is like black, but it's actually like a dark green, like a mossy green, and it's like man bunned up. Uh, he's not super muscular, but you do see like fins coming off of his elbows okay. and then behind his calves. Okay, what is he wearing? Just some like standard pants. He's barefoot. He's got like a vest on. Does he have webbed feet? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he does <laughs> yeah, now. Sure. He does now. One hundred percent webbed. And he's got these really cool like black pearl earrings Ooh. On. Yeah. And a trident that's pretty gnarly looking. I like it. And a vest. It's wicked. Vest, no shirt? I'm in for this. It's like a vest. Yeah. I mean, he can't really have sleeves because of his fins, so, yeah, you know. Yeah. He can't have pants because the fins would be kind of awkward. So he's like capris? Yeah, totally. As you guys get to the top, you are just bombarded with a cacophony of sound of people just kind of clapping and excited that people are home but what's fun for the new people is they come up to you and you see captain brandon kind of smiling as 
some of the citizens come up and they put like little lays over you Aww. and then they hand you a drink as well, which is a, a custom at this village to really welcome the newcomers. I'm, I'm, Woods is in for this snack. What are we talking about? What's the drink? Like smoothie? Is What do we got? What do you think it'd be? I feel like very mango-y for some reason. I want like mango, a little hint of coconut. I was thinking like a virgin Mai Tai. Okay, so you're thinking, I'm thinking thick, like a smoothie, oh, like, okay. like a pulp or something. I'm thinking like tropical flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So some sort of like Without the rum. frozen mango yeah. Kool-Aid type drink. Kool-Aid? Kool-Aid? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a frozen mango. There's papaya. Like yeah. Oh, papaya. Let me, ooh, passion fruit. Passion fruit, mm. okay. So as Very you're kind of you drinking this, you see the rest of the sailors kind of parting off and you putting together that they're greeting their parents or their loved ones. But running at Woods in particular is a fairly strong looking female human. She's got tattoos all over her biceps and legs and everything. And she just wraps a big hug around you, assuming you let her. Me? Yes. Uh, um, uh, ha, uh. Oh, thank you so much for saving Toria. Brandon just told me that you saved our daughter, and I am just so excited and happy to, to welcome you. And also just thanks for not letting my daughter get kidnapped. She um, She's going to go back in for the hug. So it has been a really long time since Woods has had this form of intimacy with anyone, um, especially because she left her family and she didn't really leave on great terms. So she's going to go back in for the hug and, and she's going to say, you know, you married a really good man. He saved my life. And she's just hugging you until yeah. you let go of the hug. So, yeah, we're, we're going <laughs> to. She senses that. Yeah. Ten uh, se- a solid 10 seconds of hugging. A solid 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. For background, Captain Brandon, you put together, had went up ahead of time. One to see his wife, obviously, but also to fill her in. Because you guys do learn throughout the evening that... Captain Brandon's wife, who's named Blanca, is the village chief. So Captain Brandon runs the merchant ship, so he's always out to sea. So while he's gone, his wife manages the village. Okay. The village is small. It's about maybe 20 houses, so maybe about 40 to 50 people in total. Um, Same thing. It's mostly a mix of the different races of the world. So you might have a centaur there. You might have elves, dwarves, lizard folk, and you don't see that many humans. Okay. As a reminder for our world, because it has been a while since we talked about world lore, the human capital is the one capital that fell, which is called Karhang. So that's the reason there's not many humans in the world is because a lot of them perished when their capital fell. And I'm the only triton there, correct? Yes, you're the only triton there. He's Mm. actually the only triton you guys. One of a kind. He's actually the only Triton you guys have ever seen in all of your travels. Okay. As you're looking out at this village, there's a couple things you notice. One, they have a huge flock of sheep that is kind of out grazing in one of the far fields. You also have a very large vegetable farm that's right next to a mango tree grove. Mango? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yeah, because that's how they get their mango. I'm in. They used to also have a big flock of seagulls, but they ran away. Why? Why'd they run away? Flock of Seagulls is a band that sings, and I ran. I ran. Oh. I'm not a bard You're anymore. You're not a bard anymore. It's so hard to let go. I think you just you Ryan. You have to let it go. Ryan the nope. person is a bard. Yes, he is. You, you said Flock of Sheep. I think Flock of Seagulls. Gotcha. Perfect. There That's, was seagulls here, but they chased them all off. 
That's how I roll they, in the Shire. Because they kept destroying their big flower garden <laughs> that they had. <laughs> there you go. Um, which is actually the predominant thing in this uh, village, is this gigantic flower garden with just rows and rows of different colored flowers. So you have purples, blues, pinks, whatever. Next to that, you learn that there's a dye shop and a very large loom. So what you put together during all of this is Brandon runs a merchant ship. The village actually produces goods. Okay. So it's a little economy. Captain Brandon will have you guys over for dinner that evening, and he's going to let you know that they're planning on a shipment going out to Castrum, which is the elven city, in about a week. So we're going to do our first long rest in a very long time. The way I do long rest at my table is it's a week-long and friendly territory, and you guys can tell me what your characters are going to kind of do during that time. So are you going to just relax, or are you going to try to learn something, or how are you interacting with these villagers for that week-long time frame? Uh, I think Vaso... um like there, there's like a big farm there, right? Yep. Um, yeah, like Vasa would help out on the farm, get some days work, get his hands dirty there because he, he just needs to like do something. And I think as he's doing that, he, you know, starts to feel a little better and starts to get out of his depression a little bit. And I think Kincaid, the couple of days on the ship's connected with Woods pretty well. Like he's thankful that she's like rescued Toria, who he considers like almost a daughter in a way to him. And that she's not as big as a torchy as he thought she was. <laughs> so he's kind of relaxed. A little bit around her now. A little bit. But he's still unsure about Vaso. So I think he would approach Vaso sensing he was tense and ask if, do you swim? Um, I'm, I'm an okay swimmer. Would you like to go for a swim? Um, I swim every day. I, I can't be apart from the water very long. Not that it's, you know, I die from not being in there. I just like being in the water. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And whoever wants to come, it was just more of a connection with Basso, but he would take you down the lift, and you notice, like, he's an excellent swimmer. Like, you don't even see him come up for air. Like, he's... Like, uh... Like, he's... <laughs> I'm like, he, I'm like hey, hey, guys, you watch him. him I'm, you, like, I'm looking around, like, it, like if anybody nearby is like, dude, I, I think he's drowning. Like, no, like, you think you watch him dive, and it's, like, the most graceful dive you have ever seen. Do you, and, do you eventually And then come he back just, up? like, you think he's under there for, like, five minutes like you don't see him at all and then he just like surfaces are you coming in yeah uh, I, I was like are, 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 like he's dude, not wounded how, he's how not, long how long were you down there like well, i don't know like, are, are you okay as as like i, I thought yeah. you're i thought you're drowning no huh. i i breathe just fine underwater oh so you breathe underwater yeah okay okay um yeah so vaso like he he's, he hadn't swam very much so he's gonna like not dive but like he's gonna go feet first but like just kind of like keep his hand on the deck, like, like, like a kid, you know. Yeah, and then, it's like, okay. Kinda... I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come out. You like it's okay. Like, <laughs> come on. And then, KK's got you. You can doggy paddle yeah, to me if you want to. Doggy paddle. <laughs> All right. He's definitely doggy paddling. And <laughs> he's like, I don't, don't want to go too far away from the deck. It's all right. There's there's nothing here. Kincaid's got you. So <laughs> Kincaid says there's nothing here. And then you kind of put your head in the water and you look down. And it's just dark blue because this is a very deep ocean because you just pulled your big merchant ship right next to the dock. So it's really <laughs> deep here. Oh, All right. Shit. So maybe this wasn't the best way to get to know you better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just did. It's all right. It's, it's all right. The, the water feels nice. Oh, the water's great. And you, he's, he I can just, spend all day in the water. Yeah. I just, I, I don't. 
I don't swim that much, so I'm not I'm not used to this. I have a question for Kincaid. You have a trident. Yeah. Do you use your trident to spear fish? No. I was curious if you did fishing like in person. Like, like oh, what is it? Like gigging? <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're out gigging. I was just curious. Do you eat fish? I have to eat fish. Like it's you know Circle of Life. Circle of Life, yeah. Right, cool. Woods, what are you gonna be doing? I think Woods is gonna be getting really like physical like in the gym but there's not a gym so i picture her just like working out a bunch and she really wants to connect with her bow a little bit more so i would hope if there's not an archery range that maybe she's like in the woods kind of finding one and just really practicing her speed on like getting off arrows and i think while she's doing this she's trying to come up with a plan because she needs to find no miss she's trying to like chronologic everything about what had happened and the order trying to figure out what they want to tell Kincaid, like if he's going to help or like what they're going to do. And so she's, she's in her head a lot, I think. So I'm going to say to get your workout in, you start working out, but then you notice that Blanca is in charge of shearing the sheep and she's got her corral set up and you're seeing her just kind of roll the sheep over, holding him, getting the wool off of them, and it's looked very hard labor. Okay. And you're like, okay, well, if I'm going to be working out, I'm also going, because you had talked about trying to earn your keep earlier, yeah. so you decide to go over and- Shear some sheep? Shear some sheep. Oh, I'm into that. So she lets you know that the reason that's shearing now is they're getting ready to make some really fancy clothes. They're going to shear the sheep and then dye the sheep, and then they're going to make clothes. And that's the delivery that's going to happen next week to Custroom. You also get a chance to practice. I would say they probably have some like flower sacks and they stuff it full of like uh, sheep feed or something okay. and they hang it up so you can actually shoot a, a target. You will notice that you're having a little bit of trouble focusing on said targets during the day. Kind of like you're, you're kind of getting like headaches Okay. and it's just kind of hard to focus and you're just not as accurate, but you don't seem to have that problem at dawn and dusk. Okay. Interesting. I think at some point, I think she's going to continue to try talking to Vaso, but I just think it's still not working and she just doesn't want to push it. So she's just going to just hopefully at some point organically the conversation will happen, but she's really giving Vaso his space. And then she's clearly going to eat like all the things. (laughs) Yeah. So just like she's working out more, higher protein intake needs to happen. There aren't many animals on the island. There are fish because you're oh, yeah. on an island, but they do have hunting parties that go out every once in a while. So you do get a chance to get some meat. Would you ever be interested in going on one of those hunting parties? Absolutely not. No. She okay. just wants to eat the food. <laughs> I don't want to cook it. I don't want to go get it. Like I don't want to work for it. I don't <laughs> want to work for it. Like eat it. No. So, yeah, I think um, she'll fish maybe or go down to the dock area and talk to the fishermen. But for the most part, she'll just shear the sheep. That's what she'll do. I guess to answer your question, Kincaid does like traditional like fishing. So he's got his like reel and he's got stuff. Normal, normal fishing. Yeah. I think Vaso might want to go on the hunting trip. Okay. So you're able to go on the hunting trip. It's basically they have a smaller boat. Um, so they have the big merchant boat, but you find out that off kind of the beaten trail, there's like a trail that goes down and there's a little, what's a garage for boats called? Harbor? Boat house. Dock boathouse. Anyways, there's a covered boat and there's a very large one, think like an arc style boat. But then there's also like a little three person rowboat. And basically on the hunting trips, they take that smaller boat. It's got a single small sail and they'll take that over to the mainland where they'll do like a a daylight hunting trip 
and then they'll jump back on and go back home. So you accompany them a couple of times on that. Same thing, just kind of getting back to your roots a little bit and you're starting to kind of get out of your depression a bit. Do you mm-hmm. bring me back meat? Yes, I bring back deer. Yes. Woods loves venison, so she's in. During this week, you don't really see Bonnie too much. She is kind of interacting a lot with Toria and Blanca. Okay. And she really has taken a liking to the dye shop being around the flowers and then making it into an oil of sort. She just seems like having her hands busy seems to be working well for whatever she's going through. Hey guys, it's Sam. I just wanted to take a quick moment and thank you so much for listening. If you hadn't had the opportunity yet, we really strongly encourage you to check out our website at caradresstales.com. You'll find links there for our Discord and our Instagram. Go ahead and follow us at at caradresstalesdnd. This is where we post a lot of funny in-studio videos and um, photos of us here. Thank you so, so much for following along on this journey. I cannot believe we're already knee-deep in season two. Again, we really appreciate that you can do anything with your time and you're choosing to spend it with us. I hope you enjoy the show. The week has finished up and you're seeing that all the villages have kind of come together and they are boxing up, crating up everything that they're going to be sending on that shipment. Kostrum is the elven capital and that is kind of also the headquarters for fashion and fancy. So they are taking wildflowers and these new linens that they just produced. And then they're also taking some mangoes. Like they're kind of pooling all the resources for this big shipment. But unfortunately, originally you guys were going to be going on this shipment because he was thinking maybe you can find some information in Kostrum. It's a big city and all that type of stuff. But the day before you were supposed to leave, one of those hunting trips came back and they handed Captain Brandon something. And he's going to pull King Kate off to the side the night before. What's up? What's up, Captain? So originally I was going to have Klein and Chad stay behind for security. I was going to take you with our, our newbies to uh, go to Custrium. But unfortunately, Clarence had um, brought something to my attention. And he's going to hand you three scrolls or more parchments. And on the parchments, there are three wanted posters. There's a poster for Bonnie. There's a poster for Vaso. And there's a poster wanted dead or alive for Woods. Ooh. So I'm, I think we should pivot and I'll take Klein and Chad this time around so that we can maybe let the heat kind of die down a little bit. Are you okay with maybe staying behind this time to watch our, our newbies? I mean, I've never really not gone on a mission with you. Do you think that's Which is why I wanted to ask. I mean, I'll go up and around. I promise I'll I'll avoid the triangle. You know what happened the last time we went to the triangle? Yeah, we got traced out by those uh, pirates. Kincaid hates pirates. I promise I'll go up and around, so we'll try to avoid them as much as possible. But I I just, I don't think I can take the newbies with me. They're going to draw too much attention. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't take the newbies. Okay, and you're fine. You don't want the torchies coming after you too. Yeah. Torchies and pirates. So let's, I'll just bring Klein and Chad. I just, you know, they're not that friendly. <laughs> I want them to feel friendly here. And I don't think Chad's going to make them feel friendly. Yeah, Chad. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Okay. Do you, do you want to break the news to the newbies or do you want me to? You can. It may come better from you. 
more authoritative. So the next, or I guess that evening, he'd call three of you in and let you know that, I'm sorry, there seems to be, I was hoping to bring you guys to Kestrum with me, but there is a, a situation. And he's going to slide each of you your wanted poster. Well, um, what is this? And what is going to open it? So Clarence was out on a hunting trip and stopped by a uh, poster board saw that uh, they had some wanted posters for the three of you. So they're still actively, aggressively looking for you. And she like looks down and it says dead or alive. And her like, heart just stops. Is the wanted poster from Black Bay Harbor or is it from the Order of Light? It's from the Order of Light. Wow, so your organization wants you dead. It's not my organization. It's the organization I formerly was a part of. You torchies are intense. It's not an organization. <laughs> it's a complete control-seeking cult? cult that is just lies upon lies and just, I don't know what they're doing, but they're, I, and she just like trails off. I mean, I think the captain's right. I think y'all should stay here because we don't need, we don't need more torchies on this island coming after us. The seas are already dangerous enough. Are you okay staying for at least a little bit longer? I'll leave Kincaid here to help. Yeah, she's, she's like going to just agree because in her mind she's already made a plan, but she doesn't want to share that with Captain Brandon. So she's just going to be very um, like passable right now. Vaso, how are you feeling about being wanted from the Order? He's angry. Uh-oh. <laughs> he's just, I mean, he, he's holding, he's trying to hold it together, but he's just, he's angry, he's frustrated. Um, he, he wants to find no miss because in his mind, if he finds no miss, that proves Wood's innocence and, and Basta can go back to the order. So that, that, that's what, that's what's going on in his mind. So, and this is just, you know, the wanted poster is just, I don't know. <laughs> he does, he's like, like he kind of gets it, but he also, he's, he's also just frustrated. Out of curiosity, how well did they do with the pictures? Um, let's find out. So each one of them gets a roll. So this is Wood's. Um, yours is okay. Okay. They definitely made you look a lot more evil than you are. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the horns were a nice yeah, touch. Right. <laughs> I rolled an 11 for the listeners. Vasos. Ooh. Yours is spot on. I got a 20. <laughs> they, they know me so well. They know you they so know, well. They know Vasos yeah. so well. So Makes me wonder if Benson was like giving specific direction <laughs> on you. Your wanted poster is only a quarter of the size. Yeah. It was the other two. <laughs> Uh, and Bonnie's same thing. They made her kind of look a little bit more conniving and evil okay. in her depiction as well. I got a nine for Bonnie's. Bonnie does take this news kind of similar to Vasa. She's upset about it, but she also was willing to leave the order. So she's not as upset about it because she's accepted what she was going to do ahead of time. But she does kind of disappear for a little while. And then a couple hours later, she lets you know that... She was able to contact Quentin on the little stone of sending, and he's fine. They're not suspicious of him at all because he stayed. Okay. The next morning comes, and the shipment goes out. So Captain Brandon leaves with the majority, about half of this village works on the ship. So about half the village leaves. Traditionally, they will leave a couple people behind to defend the city. In this case, they're leaving behind their first mate and the three newcomers to be the home defense. Um, Woods wants to talk to Basso. We need to go to Dharma. Okay. How do you, how do you know how to open a rift? I think I do. Okay. I mean, where? I mean, I don't. We can't do that here, can we? I, I don't. I don't want to put these people in danger. Um, do you think we can just like do it out in the water? Where? 
I, I, I don't think we should just go into Dorma. We have to do, like, we have to kind of... I'm think, not saying we just, like, go into, like, let's make like, a plan. Yeah, I mean, because one thing I had noticed was when I was in there, like, I had ran, like, from when I, from when I, when I entered uh, to, like, to about the distance that I ran, like, while I was in Dorma. Like, that's about how far away I ended up. So I think, I think there's a mirror. Oh, so you think if we opened it right now... We would, we would be like on the island. Their version, version of the island. Okay. Yeah. So, so if we can try to figure out where we think Nomis is. So we need to go to like that specifically, spot here. we'll go to that spot. I mean, I think it's back at Black Bay Harbor. I think they have him. I think he's. I think they're holding him there. Like, I think they are doing. You think who's holding him? I don't know. I don't trust anyone at the Order of Light. I don't trust. Do you think the Order of Light's holding him? Who are the, who are the, do I, cause like I've now listened to, do I, what do I know as Woods? What is Woods now? I don't remember. This is a great conversation. (laughs) No, this is why I'm asking because I don't remember. So what has happened to Woods? After the rehearsal, Woods had met up with Dr. Graves and Damien. You went to Damien's facility. You met with some shock troopers and you found out that they are experiencing disillusion when they are in Dorma, similar to how Cave Carmine was when he was in Ivana. You then witnessed a person that was an Ivana citizen that was in a like a jail cell because they were observing him. And then he just suddenly died. And you had been told by Damien that that person's shadow had been killed a couple days before. The next morning was when Vasa was missing. And then the next thing was the festival. Wallace got killed, and then Nomis picked up the shard and ran through the rift. Damien showed up jail cell to show you the two golden shards and Nomis's aviator goggles. Aviator goggles with blood on them, and then you're finally cleared. And then you, for some reason, were getting very upset when the gods were going up on stage, shattered out murderer, and opened a rift. Yep. Okay. So I don't know. Okay. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... Well, because but like Sam, the player knows a lot more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't trust the order anymore, and I'm, I don't the things that I saw and the things that I saw Damien doing, and they're holding people, and I just I think that they're not. Being, what do you mean holding people? Like they're holding citizens, like they're like they're holding citizens, and then like they had somebody in a cell. And then he died in front of me, and they were to- it told me that his shadow person died. So they're waiting for him to die because I think we're connected. We're connected with our shadow people, the versions of us in Dorma. Okay, uh, so there's they had a shadow person in the cage. No, it was a it was a citizen. Okay, and then I'm it, guessing the shadow person died. The shadow person died. So and that's why the citizen died. That's what they told me. Go ahead and roll a history check, both of you. Eleven. Four. Uh, Twelve. Woods, you're still trying to process everything that's happened mm-hmm. to you. Vasa, you remember that in this world, when somebody dies mysteriously, it is called Mordina, the unknown death. That kind of pops into your head as you guys are having this conversation. So that, that sounds like Mordina. No. It's kind of like how um, oh, the, per- the, the other guy that The died. other guy that I supposedly killed with my witchcraft. Yeah. yeah don't, don't look at me like I'm a witch. Like, I I, I, I'm not saying you're a witch, but I'm saying, you know, that it sounds like Mordina. No, I just, Vasa, I think it's more. I don't, I think they're lying to us. I think do you have hiding. evidence? No, I want to go find evidence. That's what I want to do. I have a hunch. I have a okay. feeling in my stomach. Well, just so that you know, I am here to find Nomis. Great. Well, so am I. Okay. 
But we're gonna that, go- that, that's our main objective. As you guys are having this conversation, you hear a very loud yell. I'm going to say at this point, you guys had this conversation kind of in the dusk mm-hmm. time frame. You hear a loud yell coming from the outskirts of the village. Kincaid, you'd hear this as well. Wherever okay, I didn't know at. where I was. Yep, wherever you're at, you'd hear this I as well. I just pictured a very humorous scene where Kincaid walked past them talking and just kind of like <laughs> rolled his eyes like, okay. I'm like Not pointing get, at my stomach like, I have a gut feeling. Killing some of the witchcraft and <laughs> portals. <laughs> Um, he just rolled his eyes like, I'm not getting in that. So I think when he hears the scream, like he's running full full blast. Yeah, Here, I um, think I think Vasa is going to follow. Okay. Going to go towards it, screaming too. So what you'd see on the outskirts of town is you see this elderly lady that's got a pitchfork. And she's swinging at this creature that kind of looks like a crocodile. But looking at it, you know that this is a Denoa. Oh, great. That is trying to attack this lady. She's trying to hit it with the pitchfork. And you two both know this isn't working because it's not a holy weapon. So her pitchfork just keeps going through this like it's a mist. Does Kincaid have knowledge of fighting Denoa or are we about to find out? You have heard of Denoa, obviously, because of the world. You know that you can combat these enemies with your magic, but you've never been able to have any sort of melee interactions with them. Because every time you try to hit them... It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Gotcha. But with your magic, you're able to defeat them. Oh, magic. Yeah. Oh, you're magical. Not everyone's magical. Oh, I'm so magical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Woods is Heart go- wrote a song about me. Um, Woods is going to a polar bow out and shoot the crocodile. Why can't I add today? 22. 22 is going to hit. And seven damage. Can I? <laughs> I can attack twice now. So I'm going to do the same thing. Pull out another arrow. And I got... Um, 26. That still hits. Five damage. Okay. Let's go ahead and roll initiative, but Woods is going to be last in the order since she just went. Okay. Uh, 15 for Vaso. Uh, 14 for Kincaid. And I got a 12, and then Woods will be last since she just went. So Vaso's turn. So he is going to pull out his axe, and he's going to do imbued light on his axe so that it can... Your ex is Wait, already it's holy. Wait, it's already yep. charmed. Okay, never mind. Yeah, you have a holy weapon. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he's going he's gonna to go up and just attack because he, he doesn't see a rift anywhere, I'm guessing. You did not see a rift anywhere, nope. Okay, uh, 11. 11 misses. So you're kind of a little exhausted. Uh, I'm sorry, um, 14. I didn't have my... 14 does hit. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead so, and roll damage. <laughs> okay. Um, four plus three is seven. You get a decent hit on it. It's starting to kind of look a little bit weak, but it's still kind of there. It's no longer attacking the elderly lady because now you're right up next to it, so you mm-hmm. close that distance. Okay. Uh, and he's got extra attack. So you oh, do have, you? Yep, I get it. I, love, right. I leveled up. No, so. that, no that makes sense. <laughs> uh, 16 plus 3, 19. All right, that hits as well. Great. A 1 plus 3, 4. That is enough to finish off this monster, so you kind of close the distance. Wood shoots it twice real fast. You come in and like it's going for this elderly lady. You just like chop its head off and it turns into that kind of dust and falls into that black shard that you usually see when you kill a Denoa. Go ahead and roll a perception check, Kincaid. Perception D20, I get to add four because, you know, uh, 23. So the way this island is built up, there's a big cliff face on one side, but then it kind of gradually goes into the sea on the other side. 
And kind of waddling up from that lower part, you see another little crocodile-shaped figure starting to close that distance. Kind of like this one just got there first. Okay. Uh, I think Kincaid would be very impressed uh, by the torchies. And I would... I think initially after seeing that one die, for lack of better words, would give him like a well done. But then he would see this new one and we're not done yet. There's another one coming. And I would also tell the old lady to run towards the house. <laughs> <laughs> to flee? Yeah. All right. So you, you talked. You still have a move, action, anything you want to do? Uh, yeah. I think I would close the distance, but still behind Basso. So I'm not up on him. Yeah. Keep the shield in front of you. Yeah. Totally. Kincaid's smart. Uh and then he's going to cast Firebolt. Woods, you would probably see this. You see Kincaid start to chant. Okay. But you see his trident glowing. Ooh. And so then he's going to finish his chant and 11. Uh, does not hit. Okay. <laughs> so you see a Firebolt come out of his uh, trident. Oh, okay. You do see the direction that it goes, and it just passes right over this crocodile okay. Danoa. And so it really lights him up, and you're like, oh, there's the next enemy. It's pretty easy to see now. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's going to bring us up to the crocodile. It's going to finish closing the distance, and it's going to try to bite Basso, since it's the closest. Uh, does a 13 hit your armor class? It meets. Ties go to the attacker, so it does 11 piercing damage to you. And go ahead and roll a uh, DC 12 strength check. Uh, 12 plus 3 is uh, 15. All right, so you pass it. So it bites down on you, and it starts to try to roll to pull you over, but you are able to quickly pull the jaws open, and you are not grappled. That brings us to Woods, I believe. Is there like a high end or something, like a rock or something she could just kind of jump up on, and I want to like look down to see what's coming up? Ooh, I like that idea. Yep, go ahead, and you can roll with advantage since it is an awesome idea. Oh, thank you. What, I, what am I rolling for? Perception to see if you can gotcha. see anything coming. Ooh, I got a 19 plus 5, so 24. You see coming up the rest of the way, you see a kind of a creature. You're not quite sure what's going on, but it looks like it's a fish head, but on a body. Okay. And they're kind of just waddling up. You see two of them at this point. Are they still smoky, Danoa-looking things? Yes, they are. All right, two more arrows. I'm going to pick the pretty much the one that's first, and I'm going to target that guy. I got a 21. That hits. Uh, seven damage. Okay. I'm going to shoot it again for a 26 with seven damage. And they both hit, so it does quite a bit. It slows that creature down a lot. Okay. Kind of like you shoot it in both of its legs, for example. Okay. So it uh, immediately kind of waddles a lot slower. And then I'm going to probably call some things out. Like, do I know how many people are, how many of these things are coming up? You just see two of them at this point. Okay. I'll probably just be like, I got two fish heads <laughs> coming up. Sounds like a, Thanks, chef. a dinner order. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write that down for a little player of the week quote. Sounds like a dinner order. Sounds like a dinner order. Oh, I was going to say I got two fish heads coming up, but Bossos is better. <laughs> <laughs> you can do both. Where are we at in the order now? Uh, Basso's up. Okay. So Basso, I mean, he just got the, the crocodile guy off of him. Um, and he hears that, you know, there's two of them. So he's getting angry, so he's going to go into rage. Perfect. And he's going to attack the one that's right next to him. That's right in front of him? Yep. Yeah, I'd say he's already in a pretty big rage from the wanted poster leaving. He's just working through his emotions on this poor crocodile. Uh, 16. 
16 hits. Uh, 14 damage. <laughs> and you take a huge swipe out of this guy. <laughs> He's still there, but he, uh, you definitely knock him back. Like, you hit him so hard, he just kind of goes back like five feet, and then you have to, like, step forward, which is great because you're putting some distance between it and the old lady that's yeah. running away, but not very fast. <laughs> uh, well, he's got another attack, so he's going to attack again. Man. Uh, 12. 12 meets. So Ty's going to the attacker. Uh, 17. 17 damage? Yeah. Dang. I guess you maxed it out. Yeah. All right. Yep. You uh, easily killed that one as well. So you're not having any trouble with these, Denoma. He's mad. Yeah, he's, he's mad angry. about this situation. All right. You have a movement still, I believe. Um. Okay. So I've killed one of them. Yep. And there's still another one. They are the other ones are about probably 30, 40 feet away from you because they're, they're down the cliffside. Yeah, they're kind of coming walking up the hill. Okay, um, so he is, he's just gonna start closing the distance on them, okay. and then he'll, he'll go. Uh, so he has uh, forty feet distance or okay. speed. So, so you, can, you can close the distance to them, but you don't have any more attacks left. Okay. So I, I would say he goes about 30 feet and just kind of waits for them, and he's going to be ready in action. So whenever they come in, he's going to swing away. Swing away. All right. Love it. Where does that bring us? Uh, Kincaid. All right. Kincaid. Kincaid's going to try that again. <laughs> the firebolt? <laughs> yeah. On the new fish heads? Yeah. Uh, I think he would move like 10 feet closer first. Okay. Just to get a little bit he's uh, got a better angle. He's got 120 feet range, but on my D20, I get to add eight. Surely I can hit, right? Wait, we're going to see. Yeah, 26. 26 hits. I assume you're shooting the one that has um, some arrows sticking yeah, out of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, 18 damage. Uh, yep. You uh, just scorch this one so you have some nice fried fish. Yummy. I feel like now the order's <laughs> up. <laughs> I feel like Woods just feels this like heat rush as it comes flying past her, and she like whips her head around, and she's just like, yeah. And then this would be the first time you two, Vaso and Woods, has seen a non-order person eliminate a Denoa. Okay. All right. Like, yeah. Right. I'm special. Yeah. <laughs> no. What? You're, no. You're, you're, you're a closet torchy. Yeah. <laughs> no. Woods is going to no. yell, welcome to the team. <laughs> Uh, I think that brings you up to the enemies. Yeah, monster. Okay. After seeing that little fire kind of shoot down at his compatriot, he locks onto you, and you start to see a glow start forming around this last little fish head monster, and he is going to cast a dark energy at Kincaid. So go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw. Certainly. Nine. So you're going to get engulfed in kind of a necrotic energy, and you're going to take six necrotic damage as you start feeling a little bit of your skin kind of get attacked by this uh, magic that was just casted at you. And then it's going to continue waddling up, closing the distance. So it's getting close to Vaso now. So Vaso, I think you prepared a ready action as your reaction. Yeah. All right, so go ahead and swing away. I don't know if you can do attacks as reactions, but we're going to do it. Why not? He's First in rage. Way. He's in rage, yeah. Oh, he did rage? Um, yeah, he did. Uh, 21. That oh, hit. yeah, that hits. <laughs> These guys don't have much armor. Uh, 13 damage. All right. Just a little tiny hit. Just a tiny hit. Just, just, a, tiny just hit. a little nick off the old uh, <laughs> eyeball there. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that brings us up to Woods. It is Woods. Um, yeah, she's just going to take the next one down. Okay. Um, Vas- Vasa's kind of in your line of vision now because he closed the distance and you are, I don't know, 40 feet away of it. Okay. Don't shoot me again. (laughs) You can still shoot at it. It's just going to have partial cover. She like thinks about it for just like a millisecond. (laughs) And then like the idea um, kind of escapes her mind. So she's going to jump down 
um, and kind of to just close the gap a little bit, get out of the line of sight um, to have a more clear shot. Okay, sounds good. So I'm going to say you get about 20 feet to this monster to be able to get that angle you need. 12. Hits. Awesome. Ooh, 11 damage. She's going to shoot again. Um, 12. Still hits. And 10 damage. All right. This one's still doing still pretty fishing good. Still fishing around. Still fishing around. Okay. Uh, is up again. Uh, yeah, so he's just going to... Gonna, right. Kill it. <laughs> gonna swing away. Fillet it. Ooh. Um, eleven meets. So ties go to the attacker. With that Genshu. Uh, fifteen axe. total. Fifteen hit or fifteen damage. Fifteen sorry. damage. Man, is there is pain. something satisfying about rolling a d12 for damage. It is. Yeah. I don't know. I'm watching. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> I yeah. really enjoy playing level sorcerers. Six or above. Sorcerers are awesome when you have uh, packs of people. You can cast that like cone. You just knock out a bunch. Of oh, people. I, I'm looking forward to uh, hordes. Yep. All right, and then is uh, gonna attack or use his extra attack. Um, Twelve hits, seven. This one is still up, but really? it is looking very weak. You kind of get the sense that he was the slowest, but he was also the most uh, fortified out of all the monsters. Where are we at? We are with Kincaid. How's he looking? He's looking pretty weak, but he is. You see, raising a uh, staff to start swinging for Vaso. Right. Like a walking stick, I'm picturing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Kincaid is going to cast Magic Missile. All right. And... It's a guaranteed hit, I think, right? Yep. Can't let him shine. <laughs> uh, this is my island. I have to protect it. I'm the Kevin McAllister of this island. Clearly. <laughs> uh, I create three glowing darts of magical force. Each dart hits a creature of your choice. Obviously, I'm going to hit Basso. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They all strike simultaneously, and you can direct them to hit one creature or several. So I got all three going to all right, so it's Fishman. Three, four, do you, how many three D4s? 3D4 plus one. Oh. Because each one's 1D4. One Are we yeah. getting out our extra dice? Oh, yeah. I got it. I'm equipped. Four, seven, ten, thirteen. Yep. So, Vasa, you do two big hits on it, and then reel back. This monster starts like raising its staff to fight back at you, and then all of a sudden, thud, 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 right in the side of it, it gets hit with three. What does the magical missile look like? It says glowing three darts, but since it's for me, it's like a bluish, perfect, like Ooh, a sea like a color, turquoise, like aquamarine. Aquamarine, yeah, I like it. So with a little like, shimmer on it, yeah, like a moon. Yeah, the the moonlight's hitting it, and you kind of get that like, like trailing glow. Oh yeah, and you just get it hit with three of these bluish darts, and it just falls over, and then turns into a, a dark shard. I and give you a little wink. And you guys have successfully cleared this combat. You would know Woods and Vaso from your experience. So these are pretty low level to know. Mm-hmm. They were pretty easy to manage, but you don't see a rift anywhere nearby. Well, um, And Woods is going to run to the cliff. Where's the rift? Like, where's the rift? Vaso, do you see it? Where is it? And Vaso, he's going to go to the edge and he's going to like look down. She's going to look around. And and so she still has her arrow, her her bow drawn. And she's like kind of circling. It's got to be here somewhere. They don't just appear. Where's the rift? Well, is we, it, what it, do you, do you think maybe it's underwater? Because these were water creatures. You think it came up underwater? Yeah. And so she's going to. Um, what are you all talking d- about? Not answer. Drop her thing and like look straight down to the water below. And she's going to cast Rift Stitch. Okay. Sounds good. So go ahead and take your D4 damage. I assume you're casting at level player level one. Um, I'll probably do like player level two. Okay, so two D4. So seven damage to me. So Kincaid, you see Woods drop her bow and then 
a light energy starts to emanate from her, and then it shoots down towards the water. Mm-hmm. And then Woods, you see it scanning through the water. Like okay. you could see it trailing around, and then eventually it just fizzles out because it doesn't find anything. Okay. Well, uh, and she's going to like whip around to Kincaid. Like, have you, the Genoa, have they been here before? Uh, the Genoa have not been here before, but this is also not your guys' first village. You have used to be on the mainland, but you would have experiences with Denoa, so you moved to the island. Okay, so we've had experience with them before, but not on this island. I just don't understand. Why did you shoot the light into the water? Well, because they have to come from somewhere, and they they come from these rifts that are open to Denoa, or to Dorma, and they they come from Dorma, so they come through to this plane, but we have to close it, and and she's like looking at Vasa, like, I don't understand, like, why are they just here? Uh, Vasa is just going to go. He's going to start going down like where they came from. He's going to investigate and look for uh, a rift or any sort of sign. Yeah, like he's looking for a rift. Okay. I'm going to say you're looking around for a rift. You're not seeing anything. But over the next like hour or so, about every five minutes, seven minutes, kind of sporadically over a five to ten minute window, another one of the Danoas will just come out of the water and mm. start attacking. They're all pretty easy for you to take on. So you're able to manage the situation, but it just, they keep coming from somewhere. You yeah. don't know where it's at. Do you want me to? Yeah. Can you go down there? What am I looking for? It's just a. Like a. Like a you'll, 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 you'll know, know when, it. <laughs> you'll like know it, when you it see it. Look, it looks like the, the. It's like a portal almost. Yeah. It looks <laughs> like the, the atmosphere has been sliced open. And uh, it's I'm dark. familiar with portals. Okay. It, can you go? I know you can hold, but can you go and and just see if you could trace them back? Oh yeah, I can breathe. I can breathe underwater, so I, I can stay down there as long as I need to. Um, they, for some reason, you can kill them, which I don't know why, because we've been told only the people, the Order of the Light, that have you have like you have the light, like you know that, right? And he starts freaking out. Oh my god, am I a torchy? And he like <laughs> and he like refuses to believe it. He's not even gonna stop to think about it. He's jumping in the water. Okay. I will say that while Kincaid's out, he's gonna be out for about an hour swimming around looking for this thing. Bonnie has now caught up to you guys and the three of you are kind of just managing the situation. Okay. So luckily this is surrounded by a cliff face, so it's just like one little funnel area where they come to that mm-hmm. you're able to manage them but they're just as i said every five ten minutes a couple of them show up kincaid you're going to see someone you're in the water are you going to engage in them or are you going to not engage with them because you're by yourself right now so i want to ask i think kincaid feels pretty confident that he can outmaneuver them in water and he saw what i guess his new friends can do so i think he's focused he's very like oriented like his mission was to find this thing. So that's his mission right now. Okay. So no, he is not engaging. engaging. Yeah, yeah. So you're able to see them and you, through the crisscrossing pattern, you realize that they're all kind of swimming from the same direction. So you're going against that direction and eventually you end up on the shore on the other side. And you see that they're just walking down the beach all from the same direction. And that's what you see. You don't see a rift yet, but you see that they're coming from someplace that it's not in the water. Okay. Can I go on the beach then? Sure. Like come out of the water and look. Yeah, yeah. How far away are you going to try to get? Far away from what? Well, at this point, you're not on the island anymore. You're on the mainland. Oh, okay. I thought you meant I was like on the opposite side of the oh, no, island. No, no okay. you went from the island. You swam through like a channel. Think of it. And you're on the mainland side. Are you going to continue on yourself? Or are you going to go back and get help? Or what's your plan? Um, mission. I'm 
I'm going for it. I gotta find whatever this rift is. Okay. So about an hour and a half goes by. Yeah. And you guys haven't heard anything from Kincaid. I just. You think we should go find him? Uh, I mean, if I, uh, I mean, what can we do? I mean, he's underwater, I, and I'm I'm not a very good swimmer. <laughs> you guys would see a like a rowboat yeah. docked from the hunting trips that have been going. That's on. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking so like Bonnie's gonna say, I think. I can manage this choke point if you guys want to go help Kincaid. I think we gotta, we gotta, if he, so he, if he finds the rift, like what is it gonna, like clearly he's either in the rift or something happened. We know it's not in the water or at least it's, so maybe every so often I could like cast rift stitch and see if we can find it, if it like leads us to the right direction. I mean, don't, don't cast rift drifts until we actually find it because you're just wasting energy and hit points. Um, so, uh, yeah, let, let's get on the rowboat and then let's let's look down. Like, like let's try to look. Like, let's go out there and look okay. from the rowboat. So, all right, we're gonna row. row all right, row, I'll row. row. <laughs> so Bonnie stays behind and she sets up like some arrows and a barricade, and mm-hmm. she's just managing the choke point. You guys get in the rowboat and you start rowing off into the ocean. Ah, looks like the bard has done it again. What a splendid crowd y'all have been. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Cottage Rest Inn. Hey guys, it's Mike, your host and Dungeon Master at Carriage Rest Tales. I just want to say thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It really means a lot to us. If you are enjoying the content and you haven't already, please give us a five-star review. It's really going to help us grow our listenership and be able to reach more people. I also want to give a special thanks to Tabletop Audio for providing the background music for today's episode.